The wisdom of experts can change your life. As a co-chair at the University of Texas, you've attained this elite status from growing and evolving over the course of your coaching career. In our Learning from Experts podcast, exclusively for the head coaches here at the University of Texas, we're going to accelerate that process. You'll hear from world-class coaches, sports psychologists, and successful people. And occasionally, it's the wisdom that impacts other areas of your life, like your health or your marriage. But here's something really important to appreciate. Timing. Hearing something at exactly the right time makes all the difference. Sometimes it's repetition. Hearing a concept multiple times until it resonates with you. So buckle up. This week's Learning from the Experts is about to begin. Hey coaches, John Mitchell here. Hope you're doing well. So this week, we're going to learn about the hottest man in sports, Deion Sanders, who has taken over the Colorado football team and is changing the dynamics of college sports. Listen for the logic behind why Deion Sanders cleaned house when he took over the Colorado program and brought in 68 new players via the portal. And listen for how Deion created himself Boy, he's crystal clear on who he is and what he wants to achieve. You'll appreciate that clarity. you also find it interesting the type of player he wants on his team. Hey, they're either dogs or they're leaders, and he needs both. You're going to come away with some great ideas for your team as we really dig into Dion. So here's the essence of what you'll learn this week. Life is all about confidence. Dion personifies this. And the way you create confidence is from clarity and simplicity. Those two things breed confidence. So let's get rolling. The first thing you're going to hear is a recent 60 Minutes interview of Dion. This will give you the big picture. Then I'm following that with a podcast interview with a couple of Dion's buddies that really gets into who he is and how he runs his program. And at the end, if you will, listen for my three takeaways and the action step from what we learned from Dion. So let's get started. And remember, hey, as a coach here at the University of Texas, you're living the dream. His personality is flamboyant as his football talent. Dion Sanders had two nicknames during his Hall of Fame NFL career. He was Neon Dion in primetime. But for his latest gig, Sanders high-stepped it to Mississippi, and at age 55, he's now the head football coach at Jackson State, an historically black university, or HBCU. Sanders' salary of $500,000 is less than 5% of what, one state over, Alabama pays its coach Nick Saban. Yet Jackson State might be the hottest program in America, poaching talented recruits and winning games in equal measure powered by, yes, the style, but also the substance of the man who now calls himself Coach Prime. Fans, welcome your defending swag champion. Deion Sanders had never coached in college when he agreed two years ago to try and rescue Jackson State from football irrelevance. Why are you here? I truly believe with all my heart and soul that God called me collect. And I had to accept the charges. You accepted the charges. I had to accept the charges. But understanding when you accept those type of charges is going to cost you something. What's it cost you? A lot of sleep. But I can't say I don't love it. I love every darn minute of it. 
It doesn't hurt that his team is darn good. The Jackson State Tigers are blazing through their HBCU football opponents. 11-2 last season, undefeated so far this season. Watch the Tigers rack up points, led by Dion's son, quarterback Shadur Sanders, and you wonder how they'd fare against the football elites, the so-called Power Five schools. Switch! Sanders took the job at Jackson State three months after George Floyd's murder. Timing, he says, that was no coincidence. It was relevant because it's a lot of folks sit back on the Twitter fingers and talk about what they're going to do, and, and I wanted to go do it. Do what? change lives, change the perspective of, of HBCU football, make everyone step up to the plate and do what's right by these kids. Ashley Robinson, Jackson State's athletic director, pursued rumors that Sanders might be interested in coaching and offered him a job. What's been the impact here at Jackson State since he's arrived? Coach Prime was the biggest hire in college football. I'm talking about power five level. He's the biggest hire in college football. All of college football. All of college football. It's no, it's no other Deion Sanders. What's Deion Sanders worth to Jackson State? Ooh, I don't think I can put a number on that. I don't think it's enough zeros. I mean, he's worth a whole lot. The bump in attendance, buzz, and commerce is especially welcome in a city marked by poverty. Deprivation that can be glimpsed just on the other side of the fence from the JSU football facility. The program was depressed as well. Time was Jackson State produced four Hall of Fame NFL players, including running back Walter Payton. But when Sanders arrived, not one Jackson State player had been drafted in 12 years. What struck you about being here on this campus? The need. What kind of needs are you sensing here? You want to start in alphabetical order or in numerical? <laughs> <laughs> Sanders was immediately confronted with the economic realities of HBCUs and with the social cleavages of Mississippi. What were the facilities like? <laughs> Horrible. And, and I'm sitting up there thinking, even to this day, how can a public high school in Texas look better than a, a college? Football facilities where you lived in Texas were better than this. School. Forget right. the darn football facility. The whole <laughs> right. darn right. school. Right. That, that shouldn't be right. Jackson State's old practice field was so shabby, when it rained, the Tigers had to bus to a local high school. Coach Prime reached out not to a wealthy booster, but to Walmart, which built Jackson State a brand new practice field. Next, he had a new locker room built. The attention Sanders has brought to HBCU football has translated into a revenue spike for his league, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. Dr. Charles McClelland is the conference commissioner. Did you expect him to have this kind of an impact on HBCUs when he came to Jackson State? I did not, and I often say this. I've been around stars before. Uh, this is the first time that I've been around a superstar, and I really did not realize What, what do you difference. mean by that? Well, you know, a superstar can enter any room, can enter any boardroom. Coach Prime is a business person. Coach Prime has opened up doors for the Southwestern Athletic Conference that we could not get into. Pepsi, American Airlines, Procter & Gamble, all are new sponsors of Jackson State or the conference. Call it the Prime Effect. But for all the flash, Sanders is defiantly old school, even by football standards. What other head coach brings his own lawnmower to the practice facility? I may tell you once, hey, you know that grass needs to be cut on Thursday. 
Okay. Now, if you don't cut it, I'm going to go do it. That's, that's you in a nutshell right I, there. I, I can't. It's unfathomable to me to understand that you don't want to do your job and you're getting compensated for. That's not the generation I came from. We don't have water. Um, we don't, therefore, we don't have ice. Which also much... unfathomable to Sanders, how the city of Jackson hasn't been able to provide clean water consistently, or sometimes any water at all. At one point, a documentary team caught him bathing out of necessity in a hotel swimming pool near the stadium. The water crisis here was a national story. Tell me specifically how that impacted your program these last few months. Forget our program. It impacted the whole darn city. I'm not into politics, but I am into people. And I just feel as though our people should be taken care of a lot better. Just to be clear, in wealthier areas, they, they did all right with their water. I wonder if there isn't some parallels between HBCUs and uh, resources. Shoot, you, you know darn well there's a parallel with HBCUs and resources. Underserved and overlooked. What do you do about that? You're here. That's what I do about that. As if the water crisis weren't enough, last season, Sanders was hospitalized with life-threatening blood clots that had formed in his leg. Did you have any idea at the time how serious this was? No, not whatsoever. Sanders had to endure nine surgeries. Two of his toes were amputated. A chunk of his leg was removed. He spent 23 days in the hospital, and when he returned to his team, he needed help moving around. Everything's going good, man. Twice a day, his damaged leg is rubbed to get the blood flowing. A towering athlete in American sports, who once darted and dashed into the end zone, who played in two Super Bowls in one World Series. We didn't mention that? Yeah, he played Major League Baseball, too. That man may never run again. I had my turn. Now I'm helping someone else dominate theirs. Though Sanders now limps noticeably and struggles to stand for an entire practice, his ambition persists. Full speed by the ball. Do not stop until you hit his whistle. The entrenched college football powers are getting nervous. It's one thing for Sanders to recruit his sons, Shiloh, a defensive back, and Shadur, the star quarterback. Check me out, Mom. Throw me that hat. But heads really swiveled last winter when Travis Hunter, considered the top-ranked recruit in the country, switched his commitment to Jackson State from Florida State, where, ironically, Sanders starred in the 1980s. What changed your mind? Uh, Coach Brown, he just let me know how big of an impact I can have on the people, and that's one of the things I want to do. I wanted to shine a light on, on our people and shine a light on HBCUs. Our people, you mean? Yeah, African-Americans. What he was going to do was normal. It's been done. Big-time recruit going to a big-time school. But a big-time recruit chooses to go to Jackson State? Oh, that changes the trajectory of so many other kids. Now they're saying, hmm, if it's good enough for Travis to go there and play, it may be good enough for me. So that's a game-changing decision that he made for so many. Disruption. That's it. There is an undercurrent here. If the top recruits, who are predominantly African-American, get a taste of the full HBCU football experience in stadiums packed with people who look like them, it could be a powerful pull. Just listen to Shadur, Dion's son, immediately after a lopsided home win last month. Tens of thousands of fans, tailgate, band. What's it like playing a home game like this? Oh, man, it's amazing. You see all these people... It's just, it's real lovely, and just playing at home in Jackson, they needed us to pull through. HBCUs are starting to think big and dream big. 
You were a good high school football player. You I said a, you, you I, was, I was a great high you school were a football great player. high school football yeah. player. <laughs> you said you weren't weren't considering HBCUs. And they never recruited me. That's why I never considered HBCUs. HBCUs just start recruiting the four and five star players just recently because they never thought they, they could get them. Now they believe. But can HBCUs compete with schools where players' lockers are designed like first-class airplane cabins and rehab facilities feature underwater treadmills? Kid gets hurt here, there's no hydrotherapy pool. No, you, you better get in the pool with a fan and that's about it. <laughs> that's how you do hydrotherapy <laughs> that's here. A, that's about it, but put a little fan in there with a little battery, hopefully you don't get electrocuted. <laughs> GSU's entire football budget is only $4 million. Ohio State, Alabama, 15 times that. Yeah, and we came down to the final two, us and Alabama, for this big lineman that, that we almost had a few days ago. How's that make you feel? It makes me feel good because we were right there neck to neck with Alabama, and we broke. <laughs> so, so what if? So you, what if? And I'm hoping a political figure of someone, some billionaire out there saying, you know what, I'm a bet on Prime, man. Let me go help that program, because I just want to see what it would be like if he had the resources these other schools would have. The cinematic version of the story has Coach Prime sticking it out at Jackson State as the program grows on par with those of the Power Five. The reality, it may not be long before he takes his gold whistle to a school that doesn't need to beg for resources. What happens when a Power Five school says, give us a number, we'll make it work? I'm going to have to entertain it. You are? Yes, I'm going to have to entertain it. Straight up. Well, I would be a fool not to. Sanders says he needs to look after his assistants, who are wildly underpaid by college football standards. What's up, babe? Sanders has ruled out one bigger leap. You don't want to coach in the NFL? Not one bit. Why not? It's hard for me to coach a person that makes a lot of money that does not truly love the game that blessed me. And I don't want to go to jail. <laughs> what are you going to jail for? Because I'm going to jump on somebody. <laughs> I will come out at halftime with half the team. It's that offensive we'll go, to you. We'll go in and half the team will come back out at halftime. Yeah. If you had a bunch of guys dogging it, it's that I could, offensive I could to do you. It. I just challenge a walk on. I say, dude, you're a walk on. You're supposed to be trying to get my attention, and you chilling? I said, you're going to be a walk-off if you do that one more time. <laughs> Not a walk-off, you're going to be a walk-off. What's the significance of winning to Deion Sanders? Let's just say Vince Lombardi never put it quite like this. I got to win in every facet of life. That's what winning is, and we, we that's our natural odor. We don't even use cologne. Baby, we are winning. We smell like winning around him. You when use... you saw us on the practice field, you, you walked and you, when we first met, you, you could feel that you shook the hand of a winner. You felt that. I know darn well you had to call somebody and say, hey, man, I just met Coach Prime, baby. I, something about him, something. So the, he's magnetic. I'm going to win. But not only win, I'm going to dominate. That's what I do. That's who I am. So, coaches, John Mitchell again. So what you're going to hear now is a podcast interview with a few of Dion's buddies right before the Colorado spring game. How's your uh, health, brother? How you feeling? I'm, I'm getting there. You see what I got on, right? That's why I was asking how your health was. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. See? 
Prime, what did they have to? Uh, I had blood clots. Okay. And they amputated, you know. But I, I, I work with it. Man. Yeah, I'm amputated. So I get that work done a couple times a day, keep the blood circulating, blood flowing, but it's a new normal. And the best thing about here, we have a whole medical team on the second floor. Right. We have a whole medical floor, which is great. They do the MRIs, like anything happens, we got a whole floor right. dedicated to that, which is great. The thing I loved about it though, you were honest. Yeah, I don't play about that. I just had five and six of them by grades. That's real though. Think, you know, when I get a report and they in the red, I bring them right in. Right. So we ain't gonna do this. Right. This is not gonna happen here. Right. When right. you got most of your, see it ain't like when we went to school, most of their class online. Mm -hmm. How you flunking something you get to do it go all? To academics, go to the academic center. Right. I'm sitting right hey, next to you. We got it. It's right here. <laughs> yeah. And you still flunking? You don't care. That's if what you don't care, why to. should I? Yep. You can't play for us. Right, right. Because if you don't want it for yourself, you surely ain't going to want it for me. Because you got to understand, this leads you to that. Mm -hmm. You got to get this just to be eligible to get that. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you don't want it, that's a problem. Right. That's a true problem. Coach, how how much did you weigh when you played? In, in pros? Anywhere from 185 to my heaviest was 205. When you looking at recruits, just trying to get a, the high school kids, size-wise, is that something you pay yeah. attention to? You, you... We stereotype everything. Okay. You know, I just got in trouble, for being honest, about right. stereotypes. But it's the truth. Like, if you go on a job interview, what the hell? <laughs> you ask you questions about the job, you get required. Right. I do too. Everybody does. Nobody just talks about it. I have the same ones. And if you look over the history of our game and you look at the quarterbacks, look at the linemen, look at the defensive linemen, right. look at the back. Like, I love backs that play linebacker as well. Because right. y'all see it different mm -hmm. and y'all physical. Yep. Yep. I love receivers that play DB because they got a whole different physicality to them. I love DBs that played basketball, baseball. Skill. See, all that stuff. We're dead serious about it right. because it goes farther. Everybody can't do it at the professional level like you did right. both. But if you ever watched a center fielder track a ball and you think he's not going to be able to track a football right. down the field. That's right. You know, so all those things. They play, matter. They, play well, they matter it. to me. Yeah. They matter a lot to me. Because when I'm sitting right there with those three chairs on the other side, that's, that, that's the closing. So I'm sitting down with kid, parents, all that. And we sitting right there with the position coach and I'm in the middle. And we're trying to close. So I got to ask these type of questions because I'm interviewing you mm. as you're interviewing us. Because I had one kid, I'm not going to say the state, he was all about him. What do I got to do to be the man? I said, this ain't a school for that. Yeah. <laughs> the time he walked out, I said, take him off the board. Wow. Because man. it was too much I, 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 I. I'm saying, well, no, we're a we team, my brother. Yeah. And uh, that position... That's what that position is. So you know what position yeah, it was. You, right. The position is always with the eyes. You know? <laughs> Every time. The father's away from the ball. Right? <laughs> yes, sir. And they want the ball the most. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach, man, we appreciate you just taking yeah. the time to do this, I'm Coach Prime. I'm glad we made the time. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Chan had been waiting on this I've for been waiting on a, this too. a very long time. He, he, he said he knew at some point Prime. he'd be at a PWI having this conversation with well, Coach Prime. that means he believed in me. That's what that believes. That don't believe. That ain't no disbelief. That means okay. that he believed in me. I believed in you, and I believed that you were at a place that didn't have the resources like we talked about to keep you. It wasn't just the resources, though. 
It was the ideology, the thought process, the forward thinking. Yeah. It was uh, meeting me at the crossroad. That's what was involved in that. Mm. And sooner or later, you got to really look in the mirror and say, are they going to get there? Yeah. Do they even want to get there? Mm. And I had to ask those questions and really be honest with them, with me and with myself as well as, as, well as my staff. The Bible says that rod and that staff, they comfort me. Wow. They can't be confident making 60,000 for the rest of their life. For 70, not that's, that's bad. Anybody that's making 50 and 60, I apologize. I'm not meaning to mm-hmm. demean you. But at a, high, at a college football coach, that's not good. Mm-hmm. And we got to do better than that. I'm sure they want to pay 300, 400 a million. I'm sure they want to, but they can't. And that was my point. Last time we talked, I had a lot of pushback, to, you know, because I said that. And I was just being honest. No, you I saying. went to Florida, and I know what Florida is. We talked about stone crab and steak every night. That's right. And you were saying, no, 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 we don't need to eat that every night. But if it's there, well, we, why would we the don't, kid we want don't, that? We really don't need to eat it every night. <laughs> <laughs> but what you're saying is you want it as an option. Yes. Right. I don't mind it as an option. Yeah. Um, but we don't need to eat it every night. But I understand where you was coming from. You was absolutely correct in some form or fashion about it. But it wasn't about finances. Mm-hmm. I ain't never appeared to you as broke as hurting or none of that. Mm-hmm. So it was never about that. I didn't go to Jackson for money. I didn't leave Jackson for money. I wasn't at Jackson for money. I was at because it was a calling. But it seems hilarious to me that someone could believe that God could call me collect to come, but he couldn't call me collect to go. Right. Yeah. See, that's the problem with us men. Sometimes we outstay our time at certain places and certain things because mm-hmm. we want to leave when we want to leave, yeah. not when we need to leave. Or we want to stay when we want to stay, not when we need to stay. Yeah. We got to really hear a voice. And, I, and I, I, it could be a room full of noise and I can hear his voice. That's, what, that's where the call came from. Like, honestly, me and Coach Hart, my linebacker coach, been with me for 20 years, coaching youth all the way up. We was in the restaurant. And I said, it's time, dog. He said, what you mean? I said, hold on. And I called Rick, our wonderful AD, Rick George. I said, I'm coming. That's what the whole thing for, we're coming. I said, I'm coming. He said, okay, he thought the phone was gonna be another call. I mean, that's the open to a show for sure. Hold up. Limitless, take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. No one me, I got the key. On the vision, I can trust. Trust. Limitless, take a stomach cap, pin in it. I thought they here to witness it. Got my people feeling militant. Way I'm feeling, get me up. On the mission, get me up. Welcome to the pivot. We have a man that needs no introduction. This is Coach Prime, Prime Time, Deion Sanders, a man called by many other names, but most of all called by the Most High, Freddie T, Chan, I'm RC. To all of our subscribers, we appreciate you. To Happy Dad, thank you so much. That just brings me to something you said that I think is so profound, and I want you to get an opportunity to expound on it for people that are listening. You spoke about your calling not being about a location, Mm -hmm. but a destination. destination. When you speak of that destination, what's that destination for you? That means my calling is consistently to kids. Just because I'm not at a HBCU or historically black institution, that does not mean I'm still not called to our kids or just kids in general. I'm not called to a certain ethnicity. I'm called to all. So my words, the way I speak, the way I go about doing what I do, the way we went about our jobs, it wasn't just black folks clapping. It wasn't just white folks clapping. It wasn't just Asian or Hispanic folks clapping. It was a multitude of people clapping because the feeling, the the stimulation that you gave them. So I've never been called 
to a single entity. My call has always been much larger than what the eyes would ever see. Were you surprised by the response? Because it, it got bad. And you've always, everybody loved you a whole life, yeah, Brian. Yeah, but, dog, I don't get off by the claps of people, man. Yeah. They don't bring me up and don't bring me down. That means I'm giving you my remote control and letting you, letting you turn me and click me the way you want to. I ain't never been built like that. Yeah. So if I'm going to get up, that means I'm going to be happy and elated that when you clapping. Mm -hmm. That means you have the propensity also to bring me down mm -hmm. and make me sad and distraught and angered. And I'm not built like that. Mm -hmm. I've always been me. I've always walked to a different beat. I've always tried to treat people right, look people in the eye and be 100 with them. I've never been any different and I ain't gonna be. So I don't do it for that. Yeah. I do it for that. Coach, last time we spoke together, you spoke about exposure. Mm -hmm. You spoke about uh, increasing in student enrollment. Uh, you spoke about young men graduating, playing on TV in the HBCU, several other things. And I think you checkboxed uh, the entire list. Mm -hmm. uh, is there a sense of gratification and self-fulfillment in that? And then th did that help you be able to uh, move move forward, yeah. not look back with any sense yeah. of regret? Yeah, well, I, I never look back anyway. Everything God gave us is built to go forward. Our eyes, our feet, our ears, our nose, everything goes forward. Um, so I'm a progressive type of person. Uh, I'm happy with what we accomplished at Jackson State. I'm happy for the opportunity that was afforded me at Jackson State. I'm happy for the people that assisted me in this journey. I mean, uh, everybody, everybody there, especially our AD, you know, Ashley Robinson, I mean, for the leeway that he gave me and, and for the pretty much, he, he just let me do my thing. He allowed me to be me and to do my thing and to bring the multitude and to bring the different companies and uh, different relationships outside of the norm to HBCUs. I'm thoroughly happy with what we accomplished. And what do you leave behind? Hope that it can be done. At one point in time, we, we didn't pay attention, mm -hmm. but then we were locked in. At one point in time, we didn't even look back, but now we start looking forward. At one point in time, we didn't even care, but then we start caring. One point in time, we had no draft choices. Mm. Now we got them. And this year, I think it's going to be even better than last year. The year prior to that, it was not one. So the pro progress is unbelievable. And that's what, that's, what about, that's what I'm about and that's who I am. I'm a progressive person and progressive thinker. Coach, I don't mean to say this in this way, but I don't know another way to say it. There's only one you, though. Thank you. And you say you leave hope behind, but so many people felt like when prime time left, Mm -hmm. So did that hope that people, the Under Armors and the ESPN game days, they came to Jackson for Coach Prime. Right. And when you think about HBCUs now moving forward, not only just Jackson State, but the entire SWAC, what is it that they can take from kind of the blueprint that you left that's usable without your name? Let's go on the field first. Mm -hmm. Number one, you got to have a quarterback that can throw the darn football to win. It's two teams that really were successful. Uh, I'll just say in the swipe, um, us and fam, you with uh, Coach Simmons, who is my guy, quarterbacks that can spin it. Because sooner or later, you're going to find yourself down 14. And in, in, uh, uh, the MEAC, they, they had a few that can spin it as well, and they were very successful. Number two, the recruiting now is absurd. What I mean by that is now people are saying, I'll go to HBCU. 
ain't nothing wrong with HBCU. I, I could do that because now there's a navigational system that leads you from the HBCU around to the NFL. Once upon a time, it, it, it was diverted. It wasn't happening. So it's, it's so many things that, that we left behind that you can glean from. I really believe that and I honestly believe that and I understand the business acronym must change though. The business model must change. It has to and there has to be account and balances to that. And I mean that. And I try to check that, I was checking that and that has to change because we can't keep saying we don't have and poor little old me, we can't keep doing that because we gotta make the most of what we have and who we have. Coach, but you left behind that blueprint yeah. but you don't leave behind travis hunters mm. you don't leave behind some of these kids that jackson state was making headlines for getting on campus getting committed to the school watching those guys play on saturday and you're mentioning that going forward you expect more kids from hbcus and those schools to get drafted but when you left so did they well the travis hunter left travis didn't come just for JSU. Travis came with me. And that's a different. This has happened uh, historically. It happened at Oklahoma. It's USC. Quarterback. Quarterback, but we didn't make a big deal out of that. That is what it was. Because a kid pretty much is latching on to you, not basically the university. Mm -hmm. And I'm pretty sure Oklahoma had all the bells and whistles that USC had, but the kid signed up for a particular coach. And ain't nothing wrong with that. The reason why I think you were so highly criticized by leaving mm -hmm. was because, like R.C. alluded to, you were the answer. Mm -hmm. Not an ex-ball player, not a black coach, not an ex-black coach. Deion Sanders was the answer. To some things. I wasn't the answer to all things. Chan, how do you... I, I, I like that. How, to I'm, some I, things. I, I'm going to ask you a question as you're asking this question. When you say Deion Sanders was the answer, how much of that is opening press conference saying, okay, we are family? saying that he was sent to do certain things. Do you feel like people got attached to that or it just was the fact that prime time is at Jackson State? It's prime time. Mm -hmm. If my son plays cornerback, I want him to be around, in my opinion, the best cornerback ever to touch the field. That's right. I want, if my son played DN, I'd have to talk to you and tell me who's coaching the DNs. That's but right. I was sending my son to that play greatness. for prime, the greatness of prime. Right. To, to your point, I'm saying, if you had to write a blueprint without Dion for an HBCU, that's what people want the answer to. Because now, Prime, with NILs, with all this stuff coming up, you talking that, about that, recruiting, that, that, that's, it's just there's, there's no written thing you, you without Prime have, time with this work. Even here, you have a problem with that competing against some of the... The blue bloods. The majors, the, the, the bags. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we don't have the propensity to go and give every lineman $50,000 mm -hmm. in uh, uh, what they call it. I'm sorry. Collective. Collect hey, thank you, sir. The mm -hmm. collectives, yeah. which ain't really a collective. It's just a way to collect the money. Right. And they give it to the kids, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's, what they, that's what they do. And oftentimes, that's not the answer. It's a couple schools really got their butts kicked and got a headache doing that because that disrupts the structure and the continuity in your whole team if it does not work. Now, if you're paying a kid a meal out of high school mm. and he's not that guy, so that walk-on that's serving him every day for free, mm -hmm. what do you think that's going to do to your locker room? Yeah. So you really got to be careful in doing this and then it's a fine line for this. Um, we don't sell anything. We're not promising anything but opportunity. 
And what we want, we want guys that's more honed in and on the NFL and not just the NIL. But no, I want you to make some money. I want you to be able to fly your family down. I want mom and them to sit in luxury and, and have a wonderful hotel room and you eat and you find dining, and you doing, I want that. But I don't want to see you lose your focus because you're real comfortable. Mm-hmm. Now that's a problem. The disruption is also there. We spoke about it. Is is that transfer portal? Yeah, that's that's as I love more. That portal. That portal's been good to us. No, the portal's been great. He got like twenty five. No, no, no. No, no. The portal's been great, but there are for for me looking at the portal instances where you know kids get out there. Let me test it. Yeah. Let me see how I can leverage it so I can get that nil bag. Right. And then that's when it's a big that's disruption, a and that's a problem. That's but a problem. You recently in Sports Illustrated was number one on the list of 20 most influential uh, figures. That's that's administrators, coaches, the gamut. You were number one on that list. And that's just a testament to who you are as a man of God, what you believe in, what you stand for. And if I'm a parent and you come in my house and you recruit my son, that's where I'm starting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm looking at the body of, of the person, the, the transparency, and it's easy for me to send my child you know, to you because I know what you believe in. Right. But there will be a moment where, you know, I, I think you you spoke to your guys before you played in the championship game. They came to see you show up. Mm-hmm. And, and with that, they, they want to see you show out. That's right. And we're here in Boulder. And there will come a time where, you know, you elevate, but there will always be moments of adversity. Right. And that adversity is the altitude sickness. Do you ever think that there will be a moment that you won't be able to elevate as you visualize? I never think about failing. I'm not a failure. I've won everywhere I've gone, all the way back from a shorty. I'm a darn winner, man. That's what I do. Not only a winner, um, my winning is not based on games. My winning is based on life. I want these kids to graduate, to be fine young men, to open doors, and yes, ma'am, and no ma'am, yes, sirs, no sirs, to be fathers not baby daddies, to be real men that shows up on time and early, that if they say they're going to do it, they do it. I want them to raise young women with grace and class and dignity. I want them to graduate. I want them to own things. We teach so much other than just football here. It's unbelievable. That's why I always say, if you send me a boy, I'm going to send you back a man. And I mean that 100%. Before I came in here, I just challenged several guys about their schoolwork. Because if they show up on red to me, I got a problem. So that means you got a 55 in this. What does that mean? So I'm supposed to trust you out there and I can't trust you in here? No, no, no. That coincides with that because 95% of y'all ain't going pro. Mm -hmm. So my focus is on that 95, not that five. That five got it. Mm -hmm. That five was that. You had, ain't nobody had to push you to do what you knew you, what you had to do to make it. Ain't nobody had to push you. All right, because that five got it. But that 95. I got to put my foot on their throat. I got to keep my foot on the gas. I got to, because that's what I told mama them when they came to sit right in front of me. I told them, I got your baby. Don't worry about that. I got it. And you spoke about being a winner. We all know you're right. extremely, you're that. Uh, and just outside right here, Folsom Field, where you guys be playing. Yeah. How many times have you peeked out these windows? Peaked? I've been on the field. <laughs> no, no, but. Uh, see. Just, just staring out. Oh, my office right there. I, right. I get to look out there every so day. The visualizing thing. success and, and winning and yeah. changing this 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 place Packing from it. the one Packing and eleven Packing team they were a year ago. They doing a dug in the stands. I mean, the band <laughs> is on one accord. The band got something for you too. Don't sleep on. Them. Okay, I know they've been clowning, talking about the band ain't gonna be able to get it right. Watch what we do. But not only that, man, 
I don't dream when I'm asleep. I dream when I'm wide awake. That's the difference. Mm. I could see it. I could feel it. I could touch it. And I know I could have it when I see it like that. A lot of folks dream when they sleep. And they wake up and they can't recant that until it happens. That's normally called a deja vu. I don't do that. Mm. I see it, man. I see it. Then I make it happen. And I have a staff that's unbelievable. We have kids that we bring in here with like-minded, smart, tough, fast, disciplined, kids with character. So the accumulation of those kids with the work ethic that you all embody, you can't have nothing but success. Right. You know, Coach, there are different kinds of, of whys that players ask coaches. Mm-hmm. And I think there are two different types, right? There's the coach that doesn't have the respect, the coach that doesn't put the work in that when he walks into a room and he tells players this is how it needs to be done in order for us to be successful they say why because they're questioning his acumen they questioning his experience when they ask you why it's because you have the blueprint Mm -hmm. and now you get an opportunity to explain this and to disseminate that that information to your players coach there were so many rumors about all of these different places Mm -hmm. you could have gone and you said it you're a winner you've been winning since forever, whether it was high school, college, even in Atlanta when the team wasn't great, you were winning. Two-time Super Bowl champion. You go to one team, they win it. You go to the other team, they win it. A lot of people said it was you. I said it's you because you play the most important position on defense. But now you have to make a decision that after whether it was truth, Jackson State, Mm. you've shown that you can change organizations, you can change schools, change universities, and it doesn't take a ton of time. Right. What made Colorado the place for that? Because you do have to face the USC's. You're going to face the Oregon's, the people that can offer some of the things that Colorado can't at the time. Rick George, IAD. He called me. We talked a little bit, kind of feeling each other out like a first round of a boxing match. Then after that, we started getting a little more serious. He would send me pictures of the beautiful stadium of the, the fans packed in, uh, even though with a losing record, the fans packed in. And he would just tell me little intricate things. Then he came down to Jackson and we sat and we talked and we chopped it up. And he was telling me about the program, but I was already two steps ahead. I already had a booklet compiled of his program. And I opened that book. I said, this is how we're going to do it. And this is how we're going to win expeditiously. And I didn't blank. I didn't flinch. I looked him right in the eye. And the things he said to me in that meeting and the way he went about it, he was far ahead of anyone else that tried to secure me. And he loved this college. He loved this university. And he wanted to make a promise uh, that he would leave this university whenever he departed, a winner. Mm. And he said, you are the key for that. And I believed him. And I believe them. You got to understand, coaches don't get official visits. Right. We don't get to come here and walk around here and check it out and see, <laughs> hey, man, it's all right. right. We don't get to do that. We got to be led by faith. We got to pray because it has to be it. Once we say I do, it is what it is. We can't flip it and change it. And I prayed about it and I felt real good about it. You got to understand, this is when you know it's God. I grew up in Florida and live in Texas. I ain't never been in no cold climates. Fred, you know how we are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've never played a snow game in the NFL. Never. Not once. Wow. And God, you want me to go there? 
I, hold on, hold on, hold on. You know who I am? You know damn well if, it, if it's 40 in Jackson, we was in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> if it rained a little bit, I'm not going outside. That, that's just how I get down. My team know that. My coaches know that. But you want me to go away out here? Lord, what, what, what is this about? It's bigger than the game. It's not just about the game. It's about so much more than that. And I said, I do. Coach, you mentioned the, the we. For so many that got to see young primetime, primetime that wouldn't take meetings with teams who mm-hmm. were picking too far in the draft and watching you be so stellar as a player, excellent as a commentator, you, you can take the oxygen out of our room just by walking in it because you command so much space. You have assembled a coaching staff. I've, I've been walking around because so many, the, the coach that offered me my scholarship to LSU was on the staff. <laughs> you know, he's your recruiting yeah. director and, yeah. you know, your, your defensive coordinator, he comes from Alabama. Yes. A sign of a great man is not only the awareness of who he is, it's the awareness of who he isn't. Mm-hmm. And assembling the right people around you. How does it feel to you, though, that you can go out and get people to come be a part of your staff that so many other organizations, so many other universities covered in that way? Well, it first starts with a relationship. Then after the relationship comes respect. Um, respect warrants the response, then response warrants the results. And it starts with relationship with everything. And all these men that uh, we brought in here, I have a tremendous relationship with, or I had someone that had a tremendous relationship with and introduced us and that res- regarded uh, respect. And we start conversating and s- conversating about their philosophies and how they go about doing what they do. And I wanted to make sure their communication skills was up to par because this is a different kid out there right now. This is it's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not y'all. Y'all ain't sitting out there in those meeting rooms. They're totally different because they were raised totally different. Mm-hmm. So their thought processes are totally different. But the Bible also says my rod and my staff, they comfort me. So I know I needed a staff to comfort me. I have a staff with several coaches that were former head coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, offensive coordinator. Offensive coordinator that was State. a head coach that relinquished his head yeah. coaching job to come here and do what he's been doing. Our OC from last year at Jackson State is now the receiver coach. So it wasn't no quarrels. Like, hey, I'm in, coach, let's go. The recruiting team that comes from major power five that can go out there and get them. And I just need them to get them to me. Don't you get them to me, I'm gonna do my thing. So I, I love the team that we've assembled in the offices up here. Not only just uh, the, the strength and conditioning guys, the recruiters, the offense, defense, the, the uh, GAs, Everybody has a commitment to excellence. Now, everybody's talking about how you're going to change the culture. First, you got to change the people. Some people, you got to get out. They got to go because they're not built like that. They don't understand. You did that. You did that so early, yeah. though, Prime. Prime, yeah. you came in and, and you told people and you dis- was bringing your and luggage. And disrespectfully, did, did I, I did? That's disrespectful. How is disrespectful? Yeah. To walk into a team that's sitting in the team room, Prime, how and I, say, I, I'm bringing my luggage. How did I get Y'all there? can leave if and y'all want to leave. And it's Louis, too. And it's Louis. How do I get here? How did I get here? You know how I got here? Huh. They was 1-11. Hmm. Who respects 1-11? I'm not disrespectful to them, but who respects 1-11? Nobody. That's right. I wasn't being disrespectful. I was being honest. Mm-hmm. There's a difference. There's disrespect and there's honest. I'm always honest. If you call it disrespect, you can call it what you want to, but yeah. I'll never be littling, downing, uh, ridiculing, uh, or just making someone feel lesser than they are. But I tell the truth. Yeah. That's what I do. I, I, I have no lie in me. 
I tells the <laughs> truth. <laughs> but, how, but how was that response? Because we saw the, you know, you know how clips go. Shocked. We just saw the clip. Shocked. But for the next it, two it, hours, two on, days, what was the response? He went to the individual rooms too. You know what they said? He's here. I'm gonna tell you what. I went to individual rooms. See this stuff you didn't see. I went yeah. to individual room. I'm not gonna say the room. It was a speaker. Dude had his phone on listening to music. Right after you saw that. Yeah. So imagine going into positions and a young man has his phone on listening to music. And I said, y'all got to be kidding me. And guess what the response was? Another gentleman said, yeah, coach, usually, you know, during the season, we bring our boom box. I say, sir, if you ever bring a boom box into one of my meetings, that would be the last time you hear that music playing. Hmm. And I say, I see why. And I walked out and went to the next room. That's what you didn't see. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So you talking about changing the coach, you got to change the mind. Yeah. But not only that, you got to change the people because they think like they think for a reason. You know how hard it is to change that mentality into this mentality that we have? We have a commitment to excellence, all of us. Yeah. All of us. Yeah. You think I'm going to change that just because I've changed locations? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, no. No, yeah. no I'm not going to change my commitment. But nothing changed. Because speaking of change, we always get asked as athletes, mm-hmm. what's the difference between high school and college? What's the difference between college and the NFL? Mm-hmm. You as a coach now have been through them. You bring up truth. Yeah. Now you went to a smaller school. Now you had a power five. Mm-hmm. PWI, as people, you right. know, a lot of people call it. What were those changes and how did you have to take a coach? I understand what you're saying, you prime, but True. you have to adjust. All good players have to adjust during the game. You had to adjust during this career. Yes, I have. Um, I've adjusted some things, not most things. I am who I am, and I'm old school, not old fool. And our old school principles worked. So I'm not changing any of those. But my approach, my understanding of how to communicate with them. Everybody communicates through this. Mm-hmm. So I get them through this. Sometimes you can't get them through this, but you can get them through this because that's where they are. Um, sometimes you 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 got to go around the corner to get to the point of contact. With us back in the day, we just went straight there. These kids are a little different and they're all different. I can't put them all in a group and address them all the same at times. Sometimes he's a little different. Okay, he 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 gonna always be from head to toe. The top gonna always coincide with the bottom. Okay, I gotta know that. If I know that, I know how to come at him. I know you you you. First thing you think is coming. All right, it's a, <laughs> it's a straight fastball. Okay, I got that. Cool. Yeah. Long as I know how you get down, I know he's a thinker. Mm-hmm. He's calculating. He gonna sit back. He he thinking. He may not say it, but he's thinking. And he's already moved. He's already playing chess with you. You don't even know it. But see, if I know those things, I know how to address you. I don't know how to deal with you. And I know how to coach you. And I know how to lead you. I just gotta understand how to meet you. And I'm all about relationships. So with all my young men, as well as coaches, it's a multitude. It's 140 or 50 different relationships that you gotta have with people because they're not the same. And I can't expect you to do what I would do because me and you totally different. Yeah, Channing. Channing said, uh, "Disrespectful." I like to think of. I like to think of it as just being a disruptor. Mm-hmm. You know, I know uh, in in reading a few books here and there, disruptors have the ability to uh, break down silos and bring people together for a common purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I've I've been the guy on this show that give people flowers. You know, but because um, you know, I, I I admire you to the fullest, and I, I just love the traction. You know, things you're doing, everything you're going to change in this place. And I'm rooting for you more than anyone. Uh, But just to add to that, 
uh, just even simple stuff. Looking at how the last seven years here in the spring game that's coming up here shortly, and over the last seven years, I think they the, the attendance was right at 30,000. But mm -hmm. you guys have exceeded that in, in your first spring and game. And people are paying. Those and people are paying. It was and free. Versus, and we're going to sell it out. Free. And we got almost a couple months to sell it out. So we're going to do that. How does, how does that type of support in a, in, in a totally uh, different environment from where you just left, how does that type of support like make you feel, aside from everything else, how does it really I, I, make I, you feel? I love it. And uh, we need it. The kids need it more than anything. The coaches need it more than anything. Because you got to understand, uh, I'm a little different. I'm in a moment, okay? Every time I talk about this, I almost break down. No one ever came to see me play in high school. My mama was working. She was hustling. My father was doing his thing. He made some games. My stepfather never came because he was doing his thing. So that allows you to understand prime. So I had to build up this, this dude inside of me that ain't need nobody. Mm. So I ain't need your hand claps. Ain't need your you go boys. Ain't need nothing from you. Mm -hmm. Because I had to look in that mirror and reconcile with him. Ain't nobody gonna be here. Ain't nobody came to see me play basketball, all state. Ain't nobody seen me to came come play baseball. Ain't no folks coming to watch you play baseball. <laughs> and I'm getting drafted by the Kansas City Royals right out of high school. So ain't nobody came to support that cause. So I really don't need that. But some do. Right. So I can't put you in the box with me to think you feel like I feel and you, you could go like I go because I'm running on a different type of fuel than you are. But my coaches may need it. My kids may need it. Um, my administrators may need it. And I got to understand that they're not me. And that's been the hardest thing to reconcile that we totally different, man. We move totally different. We think totally different. We are totally different. And I've come to grips with that in who I am. And I'm not all right, but I sure ain't all wrong. Hmm. I sure ain't all wrong. Prime, you've had the unique opportunity to coach your sons. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm going to say from, from my point of view, I was obviously on the Under Armour circuit mm -hmm. when Shadura was on. I was like, it's genius because now he's coaching his son. He's at Jackson State. He's going to start right away. You've allowed your son to build into a quarterback that is now power five ready. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you had a safety that could ball. I mean, he was at South yeah. Carolina, but it's different yeah. with, the quarterback. with the quarterback. You've been able to tutor him. You've been able to allow him to mature. And period, point blank, Prime, y'all make this move together. Shai, Shadur, you. You're a smart man. Y'all make this move together. You're a smart man. You're a very smart man. Right? Because it wasn't just about me. That's what people don't understand. I knew that. It's about putting my kids in the right situation for them to be successful as well. Not only my kids that are my blood, I brought several people from Jackson with me. It's two girls down there that are in our training room. They're two of our young African-American trainers that would have never gotten this opportunity. And I love them to life. Their whole life has changed with just the opportunity. My head trainer, which is a Caucasian woman that came from Jackson, she's here. My guy who did audio and video that was with me at the age of 17 at Florida State, he's here. It's several different people. My high school teammate that played with me when he was a freshman, started on varsity, Jamie Chaney and went to Florida State. 
and played as a freshman at Florida State, Jamie Chaney, was a high school coach at Lehigh Acres in Fort Myers, Florida. He's here. So it's a multitude of people that you ain't even meandered through the halls to see that has opportunities that would have never gotten. And I'm thankful for it. So I heard you had a secret weapon, though. It's all over social media. It's yeah. all posted, uh, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. Junior is the secret weapon. Yeah. Everybody knows they got the videos. So you got a son playing safety, a son playing quarterback. You got the secret weapon in recruiting. And you yes. yourself, you mentioned like nobody came to see you play high school ball. Mm. Well, Prime, you've had a number of superstars already show up here yeah, at Colorado. That type of family atmosphere you've built. Why is that so important to you to keep your people close? Man, I'm, I'm family. My mother, my stepfather, as well as my biological father that was always around, we've always been there, but not like the television shows that I love. You know, I grew up on Sand for the Sun, man. You got to understand the relationship Fred and Lamont had meant something to me. I grew up on the Jeffersons. He moved on up. I ain't seen nobody hating when he moved on up to a deluxe apartment in the <laughs> in sky. The sky. <laughs> I ain't seen nobody hate, and he moved on up. So if he moved on up, that means he moved out of somewhere else where he was once residing. Okay, good times. They named, they had the audacity to name a show good times that I never seen in time that was good. <laughs> it, it was almost when they got the opportunity, it was snatched away. But Every guess time. what? The family unity was still intact. And those shows meant something to me. That relationship with Fred and Lamont on Sam and the Sun, they were George, Wheezy, and, and, and uh, his sons and all, and Lamont and all, not Lamont, uh, what's the son's name on the Jackson? I, can, I cannot remember. I, I know he married. Lionel, Lionel. 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 <laughs> it was two Lionels. I, I'm with the first Lionel. Okay. But that stuff meant something to me. So that's the era I grew up in, man. So I've always wanted to keep my family close, my kids close, my daughter's playing basketball. Yeah. And you talking about smiling. She comes to my office every day and, and lay down, take a nap. Then we go eat lunch every day together. I absolutely love it. Junior is doing his thing in the social media. He is eating it alive. They wrote a wonderful article about him in the USA Today, yep. which I was so ecstatic because he's, he's not found himself, but he's, he's, he's in his own. Yep. He's in his own, and I love it. But I'm a family guy, and I love it to have my family around me. Speaking of family, how do you fight nepotism? For people, <laughs> for people saying Shadur is doing this because his daddy, Shadur doing this because his dad is the coach. They better watch the film. Yeah. They better watch the film. Uh, first of all, I'm tougher on my kids than anybody. Hmm. You want me to give you an example that you probably didn't know about? What's that? I had a rule, you probably seen it on video, that if you're late, you ain't playing. Now, you got to understand, if my meetings start at 7 o'clock, I'm probably, they better have butts and seats by 6.45. I'm probably going to start by 6.53, 6.55, okay, consistently. All right, you know? Tom Coughlin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I'm trying, to, I'm trying to prepare them for life. Yeah. I'm not trying to prepare them for this. I'm trying to prepare them for life. My son came after the break that we left, getting back ready to play the championship game, came in uh, – 6.55, the whole team was seated, already in place, and he walks in. I said, get out. Mm. He didn't play in the championship game because my rules are my rules, and I can't change it just because you're my son and you have my blood. My rules are my rules. He understood. He didn't like it, but it is what it is. He came and played back in the um, celebration bowl, but that swag championship, he didn't play because he was late. 
one quickly about that championship, because you had a lot of criticism for when you announced the move. When else are you gonna announce the move? After the game. Like, that was the thing. Why would you, you do that you, to them boys out of there, knowing you leave and now they gotta go play a championship? I'm honest with my team. That's number one. Yeah. I have uh, obligations to these guys. Mm -hmm. They had to announce. You got signing day coming up. I forgot the dates because I'm so locked into this and I forgot all this stuff. But we did things orderly and structurally. One thing about my team, everybody said, why you do that to them boys? I showed the video. I let everybody get theirs off. Me and my mm -hmm. son let everybody just talk junk and hate and do all that. But guess what? Boom, three days later, boom, here go the video of that moment. It wasn't nobody mad. Yeah. Wasn't nobody upset. Wasn't nobody crying. They was crying of, 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 of just thankfulness and, and gratitude about what we experienced together. So I showed the whole country what it really was. Yeah. Only people who was acting ignorant and outside was the people that was outside the locker room, not the people inside. Yeah. And where's my thought process in my heart? It's in that locker family. It's on the inside. <laughs> That's right. So I, but it was it was very strategic. We let them get all the hate out. <laughs> yeah. Then we hit them with the video. So I played that today. Yeah. <laughs> we holler. Honestly, we holler. We scream. Then we son. We scream. Yeah, we holler. <laughs> it's chess, like you say. It was yeah, chess. Yeah, but we wanted them to understand you're wrong. You're wrong. Don't, don't, don't use a child to yeah. uh, <laughs> display your anger and your bitter and your hatred. Because if you hate me over progressing, that means you hated me before. You just love the way I made you feel and the stimulation that I gave you from winning and successful. Because whenever we got to play somebody that wasn't a rivalry, I'd never seen you there. Mm. There were no sellouts there. There were no packed house there. I don't even think the championship game was packed. I don't even think it sold out. Prime, this doesn't just show up in, in, in this form. It just, it doesn't just show up. You've had some amazing coaches mm -hmm. in your NFL tenure. You speak about your, your stepfather. Mm -hmm. You speak about your mom. How did we actually, you know, uh, arrive to all of this? Because you've been through, well, you know, you've, you've been through I've been stuff. Through you've I've been, been through, through a lot of stuff. stuff. The, but the key the, word is been through it. Yeah, been through it. Been through, through it. it. Right, and yeah. still <laughs> projecting. Yeah. Uh, your, your greatest influence, whether it be a coach, you know, family, um, Wrapped all up in, in this right here. What's, what's been your greatest influence on it? The greatest influence on me? Yes. You mean a person? The greatest influence. My mama. Mm -hmm. Because she's always been resilient. She's always worked her butt off and sacrificed so that we would have. My mama never cared about a Louis, a Gucci, a Fendi, or none of that. Never asked me for none of that bull drug. I gave her several diamond rings. I don't even think she wear them. I don't even think she got them. Mink coats and everything. My mama ain't even into that. that. My mama never asked me for a first-class flight, but she got there. Uh, my mama wanted me to save my laundry at Florida State so she could wash it every two weeks that it was the home game. And she made it, six-hour drive. She made it from Fort Myers, Florida for the home games. Although she never watched me at, at, at high school because she worked mm -hmm. Monday through Friday. But she made it to the games on Saturday, way six hours away. So the parent, um, the love, the respect, the admiration, um, just her heart is everything. And she's raised several foster kids. We have two now, the twins. We don't even call them foster kids. They like our babies. They're 17. They're almost about to graduate high school. So that's where that part comes from, the, 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 the love for people and the the just gravitating towards others and being 
desiring to do for others when they can't do for themselves. You mentioned how close your, your boys are with you. Your daughter comes to the office mm -hmm. and sleeps. I can just imagine how full that makes you, but they also have mothers who are involved mm -hmm. in their lives and showing them how to co-parent and love your children outside of yourself. Right. Put your individual stuff aside and be that type of parent, be that type of father, that type of mother. What has that relationship meant to you in the way that you've raised beautiful children that now have that closeness with you? I love it. I mean, I can't even, I don't even have the vocabulary to explain how much I love it when I see one of my kids doing something that is just out of the norm. You know, when I see Shador or Shallow, Shallow different now, Shallow did. We all pray for Shallow. Okay, that's my that's my one. He, shallow, he, he modeling now, yeah, right? Yeah. He's doing his thing thing. Yeah, Shallow ain't no, Shallow ain't trying to be no mom. Shallow's trying to be seen. But Shallow <laughs> has that attitude that, that I adore when he steps out there on that grass, man. All of them are different. They have different parts of me in my life. You know, they have so many different uh, parts of me and it's funny to me. You know, because I can see some pictures of Shador. He got his hair braided and twisted right now. He looked like a 95 Prime then. You know, <laughs> he looked like 95 Prime when I when I had the braids and all that. So it's so many different attributes. Uh, Bucky, I mean, the way he looking right now with his hat off and his hair nice. I told him uh, my hair used to be like that once upon a time, real fine and then, yeah, Indianish. Uh, yeah. I, I thought that it. was a Jerry curl. No, no, that was me. That was all you? That was all me. No, it it wasn't all me, but it I stimulated the look. <laughs> I was, he said he ain't never had a lie. You don't wake I up with that much moisture. <laughs> but what I always say, it looked wet, yeah. but it was dry. <laughs> Prime, you know, a lot of people got to see it from the outside and in sacrificing things for Jackson, Jackson State to yeah. elevate to where it was, part of that was your health. Yeah. When you see the fastest uh. man I've ever seen with the football fighting through these things, riding in carts, a noticeable limp, and you're still coaching your team, yeah. putting him in, in a situation to where you leave with a higher winning percentage than Eddie Robinson, yeah. the great Eddie Robinson. Where is your health now as you embark on this new journey? Because you got to wow. take care of self too, True. Brian. It's, it's a challenge. Uh, it's a daily challenge. It's a new normal. It'll never be the same. My dream is to one day run. I want to run again, because I used to love to run. I used to run, I used to always say, mile a day, keep the fat away. And I used to try to run a mile a day. Now I'm into biking, because I like, that's the only way I can get my cardio, because I can't stand still or get on a treadmill or elliptical too long, because I got to go, I got to move. But uh, it's a new normal. It's not easy when you understand that you was built for speed and you was built for certain things and you can't do that no more. You, you, you have no idea how much that hurt. And uh, see, I'm, you got to understand, when I talk, I see things. I can see the scenes when I talk. That, that's the gift that God gave me. I can see everything when I'm talking. And to, to look back and to be in that hospital for darn near a month and couldn't move. And uh, then when I got out, they had to carry me into the car, carry me in the house. They had to build ramps up my house and in the bathroom. I had to have rails on my bathroom. Somebody had to take me in the bathroom, bring me out of the bathroom, put me in the bed, wow. get me out of the bed. You Do you understand for a guy that was the, prided himself on being in shape and, and being dominant in every darn thing, for someone to carry you, man? Woo, help me, Lord. 
you have no idea, like mentally, what I went through that season. Then my son, uh, Shallow, came quite a bit, but Shador was there about every day. And I could see every game Shador ever played in his life, Shallow as well, but he went to South Carolina for a year. Mm -hmm. I coached him. I had never been away from him, coaching him, being on the sideline. So I'm watching the games and I'm seeing 74% completion percentage, 72, 70, 68. And he said, Dad, I need you. He said, Dad, I need you. I need you back. I said, okay, I'll be there. And I reconciled in my mind right there. I'm going to the game at Southern. And regardless how it looked, I'm in a big old wheelchair, man. You know, remote control. And it was about 40 degrees out there. And I probably had lost 30, 40 pounds. And uh, that was tough. But he said he needed me. And any parent out there, if your child say, I need you, you're going to break your neck to be there. Forget my health. I had to be there. And when you know it, we were down in the fourth quarter. And he marched us down the field through the game-winning touchdown. And I look at the scoreboard, and I had 21 up there. Then I look back. They're driving down. They throw a deep ball. Shallow picks it off. So it was 21, 2, and 21. I just said, Lord, I thank you. Because it was just something I had to see. I had to be there to witness that moment. And that moment meant everything to me. That was a moment that, forget Super Bowl, World Series, forget anything, that moment right there. Something interesting that you just said, needing people. Yeah. You actually needed somebody to help you. You played the position, and how right. you played, you were butt naked. Yeah, I played right. with Sam Madison. Right. He used to tell me 10 on 10. Right. It's me and him. Y'all don't even worry about right. me over here. So That's the way right. you played, the success must be the money, Dion. Right. That guy out there. That did you Shannon. did this injury change you and all or help yeah. you out? Because yeah. now you need somebody. And yeah. I'll say, I don't know the last time you really needed another human being. That You have no idea how helpless and hopeless that I felt, man. Dog, you know how hard that was for me, man? I remember going back because my team didn't know. Nobody knew. Y'all didn't know that I was going through blood clots and I had this amputated. Nobody, I'm not going to say nobody really cared because y'all did, but fans didn't care. They just cared about the results on the scoreboard. But to understand all this was going on, and that was the toughest thing that ever happened because it wasn't just uh, the blood clots. It was that, okay, we gonna have to take the whole leg from me down because mm -hmm. I won't get no blood. Okay, he's fighting for his life right now. And it was that tight up in there where tight, like touch and go. I had nine surgeries, man, in less than a month. And then it was like, okay, we got it down to, we gonna have to take a couple of toes. I said, I don't care if you take the whole foot, man. Just, I need my life. I need to be there for my kids. Um, and uh, shoot. My lady was there, I mean, daily, I mean, friends and family members were there. It was tough, toughest thing I ever dealt with in my life because I had no control mm. and we love control. Mm. We love control. That's why I don't think I ever smoked a drink because I like control to me <laughs> and I had no control. 
So I was just in there praying, praying, praying. That's why you can't tell me nothing about God. Well, God ain't gonna do it. What God can't do and what God ain't tell me to do. Because I know those nights, those long nights and during the month in there every night with not even understanding, okay, where are we going now? Oh, you got another surgery, Mr. Sanders. Cool. I forgot, what was my alias, Sam? What was my alias in the hospital? <laughs> No, it wasn't Rich Black. <laughs> I'm usually Rich Black men at restaurants. It was another name in the hospital. But it was it was tough. Yeah. Why it was tough to Why uh, Lou Young always hold his leg like that? I was going to say, Lou, Lou you know I don't do that. <laughs> and Lou came in and showed his natural butt. Yeah. Ah, yeah. His natural butt. Lou is hilarious. I didn't know Lou played. Yeah. Lou played for Coach Kelly. Yeah, in college. Ran at Georgia Tech. You talk, you talking about his staff. David Kelly offered me a scholarship to Stanford in 02. David Kelly was at Stanford? No. You got to be, I ain't know David. David Kelly been everywhere. He was at Stanford. You know, we got, we got Charles Kelly and David Kelly. Yes. Charles Kelly uh, was at Alabama last year. Yeah, That's mm -hmm. our DC. Yes. And we got Dennis Thurman still. Yep. So I saw DT earlier. Yeah. 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 yeah, but you got to be kidding me. Yep. He, I saw him in the hallway. Didn't even know he was here. Saw him in the hallway. That's my man. What's up, bro? That's I ain't my seen man. you. I, and was, I was 18. I'm 40 now. He could go get it, too. He and knows his stuff. He had me thinking about going to Stanford, knowing good and well I was going to flunk we out. Met, <laughs> we met in Atlanta. He was a high school coach. I was playing for the Falcons. They won state. Mm -hmm. And I went to one of their games, and they brought the whole team on the sideline for the game, and I went over and gave them love. That's how far we go back. That's crazy. Yeah, he was in Atlanta coaching high school. He know what he's doing now. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Coach they sometimes separate you from coaches because mm -hmm. of everything you've accomplished as a man, as a player, but you're still an African-American coach yes. in a profession that doesn't always respect the leadership qualities, mm -hmm. the capacity to delegate, the ability to see the game both mentally and emotionally. Do you ever feel some sort of I don't want to use the word burden, but that you do have a responsibility. Responsibility is well stated. Yeah, to I do. continue this. I do, because we can't keep crying about the dynamics in the NFL and we're not winning. See, the thing about it, we always talk about where they ain't, this brother ain't get, he got to win. He got fired because he lost. Okay, we got to win. So there's a tremendous responsibility to win and to be professional with it and to be classy with it and do it unapologetically your way by engulfing all those attributes. But the main thing, we gotta win, man. So winning and continuing that graduation rate and making sure they're pillars of the community and making sure we're raising men and not boys, that gives other men an opportunity. Because when they see, see stability and attractability from what you've done, now they're saying, you know what, let's get at a shot because that worked over here. We could just find, he may not be all of that, but he's most of that or some of that. Let's give that guy an opportunity right there. And that's the challenge. Mm. I, I believe that's the calling, just to show it's another way because we don't have to be all suited and bow tied up, you know, even though you're so clean, you're dirty. You know, every, every day. You every now and then. No, that boy be so clean. I get mad at the TV. That boy be so clean. He changes it up so much. But we we got to win, man. Yeah. Now, if we're winning and we don't get the same opportunity, there's a, there's a, difference. There's a problem. But we got to win. Is that part of how you were able to handle the situation with 
Eddie Robinson Jr. so well because that was a situation where the entire world is watching two extremely influential African-American coaches. It was ignorant. The whole thing was ignorant. And you got to understand, man, I'm going to bring the fun out of it regardless. It was a very volatile situation. It could have went left, but I tried my best to bring the humor out of it and to keep it right. One thing that I would never do um, publicly or privately, I'm not going to talk about no brother or nobody. White, black, Hispanic, hey, I don't do that. I don't do that. God has blessed me too much to be down in you to make myself feel better. I don't, I don't do that whatsoever. So I take offense to that, but I'm never going to do that even when I played the game. All the talk that y'all thought I did, you'll find, never find a receiver that I talked to. You'll never find a man that I talked down upon. You'll never find a quote that I downed another person in my life. Never did that. Now, I talked about me. <laughs> I talked about him. The best thing is peanut butter and jelly. You better get this right. <laughs> you know, I talked about me, but I've never talked about another person, and I never will. I'm not built like that. So that was a bad situation, but we made, we, made we had a lot of fun with it. Like, Bucky, drop this right now. <laughs> I want to read one of your tweets that went out. What's your heart saying? What's your circumstances saying? What's the people saying? None of these will ever line up, so make certain you know your priorities. Examine the main thing and keep the main thing the main thing until that other thing show itself. Like, when I get up in the morning, I just got to work because I got up a little late this morning. I wanted to sleep in a little bit. Getting up a little late to me is like six, okay? So first thing comes to my mind when I'm sitting in my chair, that's what I write. And then I put it out. And I've been doing this for over 20 years, uh, Monday through Friday. I'm off on weekends. Mm-hmm. But Monday through Friday, that, that's what I do. And that just was a thought that came to me. And uh, I can't even remember all of it, but I remember the thought process is nothing – ever during the, in life lines up and agree with one another. Your heart could say this, then your mind could say this, then the friends could say this. They're never going to be in agreement. But how does that coincide with what you feel and what you think and what you know is right? And you got to keep the main thing the main thing. Sometimes we get on a tangent and go to the other thing right. and forget about the main thing. Which leads me to, you know, what Junior has been doing with, with the social media, the mm-hmm. content. And it looks amazing. Like, you know, we can aspire to say, damn, this looks easy. Like, I, I want to be like Coach Prime. What's the toughest part about the, the transition in, in this job? What's, what's the toughest thing? You the have consistency, to deal with? getting people to be consistent in what they do. Everybody can have a good game on Sunday. But the only reason you had that good game, you don't realize, was Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm at a certain pace and a certain thought process at a certain level that I'm moving at 100 miles an hour and I need everybody to get on that same pace because if not, we're going to have a problem. Right. We're going to have a real problem. You leave Jackson, Jackson State. Okay. You're in Jackson, Mississippi. Okay. Now you're in Boulder, Colorado. Yes. You left an all-black team or predominantly <laughs> black team. No, we led HBCUs and Caucasian men. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. Okay. What was that, four? No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, first of all, half the staff was was was... Mixed, okay. Yeah. Uh, we had white, black, Hispanic as well. Um, as well as the football team, we probably had to have, we were up in the teens. Hmm. Yeah, we were up in the teens. But, but what's the difference here? Because I saw, everybody saw you talking about the police, you stopped to talk to the police. But just overall. See, the thing about it, when I say stuff like that, I'm just being genuine. I'm not talking about Jack. Anything yeah, I say, yeah. people think I'm talking about yesterday. They don't understand, I ain't built like that. I'm here. Yeah, I'm really talking about, 
Really? It was three weeks before I saw a darn police. Yeah. And the, the police chief came to visit me the other day. She said, I heard what you said. <laughs> 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 she said, I heard what you said. They need more people on patrol. Yeah, yeah. So I absolutely love it, but I was just making fun of everything, just like when we go to restaurants, you know, yeah. they had no grits. We, we made fun of that. They had no grits, but it's a, grits on every menu around here now. Yeah. And, and we absolutely love it. So a lot of things we do is to bring light on the community and uh, just to have fun, man. We're just trying to have fun doing what we're doing every day. Yeah. And that's what we do. Less distractions for the young men, more distractions for the young men. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> These guys are real comfortable around here right now. Have you, have you walked around here? It's, it's, <laughs> the campus is beautiful. Oh, my God. Yes. Have you walked around this, this facility? Yes. Oh, yeah, Everything's yeah. beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yes. I'm, I'm for, did, I've been married for 15 years. Did you look at those windows? Mm -hmm. Did you see those mountains? Yes. Oh, yeah, everything is beautiful, right? <laughs> I get, I, I get what you're throwing, everything bro. Everything is beautiful. Yeah. How do you keep it fun and keep it light when everything it seems that you say people pick apart? When you were talking about recruiting and saying this is the type of offensive players I want to recruit, Did I, I want. But isn't that what we do? I wholeheartedly agreed with you. Isn't that what's done? Yes. So when we go on an interview in life, what are they doing on any interview? They interviewing you. They want, they want, they yeah, looking they for what they know. want. Yes, right. So I'm doing the same thing. And I know what I want. I know what works. I, I know the history of the NFL and what it works. If you do a study of the Hall of Famers, Pro Bowlers, all pros, you'll say, well, he got a point there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He he kind of understands what this really is. Nobody just says it. I'm, I'm, I'm ignorant came to my mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I was going to say I'm ignorant enough, but I'm not ignorant yeah. by any means. But I'm just bold enough to say it. Just, just say what I think. And I'm not downing anyone. Shoot, my mama was a single mother for a period of time. Um, I love my single mothers. I love my single fathers. I've been a single father for, for quite some time. It's funny that you people come at you and you forgot my son was in the same situation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I've been in his life. So I challenge fathers to be in their life. When we was with Truth, we challenged fathers to come to the game. I say, Mama, I know y'all might not be talking, but you could clap and scream all you want. All daddy has to do is say, and that kid gets it. And he is happy as I don't know what. So invite him to the game. Let him see his son. And that's what we do as well. I want to know the father. I want to know the family. I want to know, because now I can understand what, what's going on with you. I had a mama sit over there. I said, I need it. She said, what you need, Coach Prime? I said, she said, I need a dog. She said, my baby's a dog on and off the field, baby. <laughs> 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 oh, see, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about, mama, and they committed. I've been defending you on this, on the topic, the recruiting, who yeah. you recruited, this and that. And I keep telling people, everybody use the word dog. What you, I need some dogs. Mm -hmm. I need some dogs. And I ask them, how are dogs created? You tell me. That, that, was, that was my answer for, you talking about that kid that's oh, grinding, oh, 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 that's oh, the kid okay. that's grinding and all. In my mind, that's the dog. When you go through some stuff, you go that's what builds a dog. dog. I'm just saying, you went real deep in the details, but the everybody talks about the dog, Prime, but nobody wants to say how a dog is trained. But you could be a dog with two parents. You could be a dog with a single parent. Right. You could be a dog with just a single father, not just a single mother. You could be a dog with all different circumstances. That's just on you to what you choose to be. And I found them everywhere. But the thing about it now, if you say, I got one shot at this thing, what you want, I'm gonna say, give me that. Mm -hmm. I take him, but give me that. Yeah. Okay, so I'm not gonna turn that away, not whatsoever, but I know what I want. But when I go to the restaurant, they give me a menu, you order what you want, right? <laughs> How do you stay competitive in recruiting in Florida, a state with 
dogs man, all over I, the place. Man, I'm trying to get at least 20 of my Florida boys. But somebody like me who came up in Belgrade, close to yes, Fort right. Myers, I ain't coming to this cold. Yes, you are. I'm, I'm, yes, hey, you are. I'm, I'm, yes, you I'm are. thinking twice about man, it. First of all, we're going to establish that relationship. We're going to establish that relationship over the phone, over, over the gram, over the FaceTime. And if I get you out here, it's a wrap. Right. Let's see, when I yeah. get you out here and you mess around on C and I give you the statistics, when mama got to understand there's virtually no crime, daddy got to understand it's probably 97, 98% graduation rate. Mm-hmm. And then we start to understand that we understand the process to get you to the next level, which is the NFL. But you're going to have your degree. You're going to be smart, intelligent. And plus, you're going to get a little something to make sure you're happy. You know? <laughs> and you, and you're gonna, you, end's going to meet. End, end's going to meet. And then when you see all this, and understand what we're building, and you got a chance to rewrite history and do something that hadn't been done, that's going to entice you. I'm not going to sell you nothing. I'm just going to show you opportunity, and you're going to get in where you fit in. I was reading recently the last 10 first-team All-American quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. Two of them were from single-parent homes. That was Deshaun and Lamar. Mm -hmm. The last 10 league MVPs, one Lamar was from a single-parent home, Patrick Mahomes was from a divorce. But the father's always been in his life. Yes, absolutely. The father's always been in his yep. life. Okay, I know a lot of my guys, I'm not going to call their names, that they were dogs on defensive line. I've met the mamas. Mm. I've never met the fathers. Mm. I want to, <laughs> but I don't know if they played that role. That's probably what made them want to go out there and get it for mama. But there's some dogs in there with a mother and a father that I sat around right on that couch that are dogs, defensive linemen, that got dual parents, and I love it. 100%. I'm not coaching against that, but I know history and what it says statistically. Every great empire has normally had a great leader. Mm. All the empires that have fallen had a great leader who thought he could do it by himself. Mm-hmm. You've shown us that with all that you've accomplished individually, you realize the village is most important in raising the baby. Most definitely. You've had your Coach Prime docu-series mm-hmm. uh, at Jackson State. Can we expect to see the same thing now here already in Colorado? Done. Already done. The ink is already on the contract. Dry. Yes, <laughs> you're going to see it. And it's going to be enhanced strategically. Not only that, we're doing some things on uh, YouTube as well that Junior is going to run to give you a, a better look at what all we do. Because there's so much footage that hits the ground floor that you never get to see, and we want you to see everything, but not just the football side of it. We want you to see the kids in the classroom. You want, we want you to see how the university is run and the commitment to excellence. So we're trying to show you everything. And one thing that I've learned, especially when I was down, when I had uh, a guy like Coach Flea, he ran that thing with consistency and uh, a love and a passion that was undeniable. And that made me think, thank God you got the right man. Because had I not had the right man to miss four games, you know, going through what I went through, all hell would have broke loose. Didn't suffer a loss. Because he rock steady. He was rock steady. And I love him to life. Because one day I, I feel like he's going to be the head coach again. What did you learn most through your health issue? That God had me. I never doubted, never, never thought for a second that I was going to leave. That I knew God had me. And uh, I just needed to understand what you're trying to do right now, God, so we could expedite this process. I knew he had me, I never doubted. I learned most that my faith was where I thought my faith was. We talked a couple years ago. I questioned you mm-hmm. about staying at Jackson. Right. And you left. 
Okay. Now I got to ask you because you talked about. Well, the, what was the question? How did you phrase the question, though? Who's that? So I just like to say you ain't no, gonna no, be there no, that long. You can't just sit up there and say yeah, and you left. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Now that was a build up. There. That was the first. That was the question. I said the labor is one thing. I saw that baby come out, <laughs> and you sitting here in gold and black. <laughs> but she came. But but she yeah. came. <laughs> but she came. But you talk about your players. You're preparing five percent of them for the league. Mm -hmm. You're a great head coach. I would say it at the levels you've been at. Thank you. Sooner or later, mm. a team is going to ask you why, to run a big dog. Why are you doing this again, though? Huh? Why are you doing this again? That's who it is. Why, 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 dog? That's who you are. I got to go. Oh, probably. You just got to be nasty. I, I lied up this time. I lied this time. I, I got to turn with you. Co Coach Prime, <laughs> you cross that leg still? Yeah, ain't going nowhere. <laughs> right. Ain't going nowhere. Coach Prime wins eight national championships. He takes over Saban and all them boys. And you know, I win eight national championships. I'm probably going home and going fishing. Old as hell, didn't What's that? I'm probably going home and going fishing. You don't want that challenge because you love challenges. Yes. Mm. Yeah, but it, it sooner or later comes to a point where man says, you know what? You got to know when to hold them, <laughs> know when to fold them. Coaches, that was so enlightening. I hope you found it interesting and beneficial to you. So let me share with you three ideas from this interview to just think about. So here's the first one. Dion cleaned house when he took over the Colorado program. He's looking for a certain mindset in his players. And in recruiting, he's interviewing the athlete as much as vice versa, maybe more so because of his persona. He's positioned himself to be able to do that. He's looking for grinders, grinders, brought in 68 players via the portal. He did this because he saw that most players on the Colorado team that went 1-11 the prior year just didn't have the right mindset of winners and never would. You know, no sense swimming upstream, right? That's why he cleaned house. He's looking for players who have a commitment to excellence. And here's the second takeaway. Dion has created himself. Boy, he's mentally strong with clarity. He had a difficult childhood. He basically raised himself because his mom was always working and he excelled at sports and that gave him confidence. And as he evolved, he saw the power of having clarity about the person he was and what he wanted to accomplish. The power of having the belief that he could accomplish anything he sets his mind to. Dean intentionally evolved his swagger and he instills that swagger in his players. He has a self-perception that he's a winner in everything he does. He doesn't let his players have a negative inner voice. He turns them into winners with a winner's mindset. And here's another thing. Dion only looks forward. He doesn't look back. He's all about the truth. That's the foundation of his life. And he never talks down about other people, never disrespects people, but he never misses an opportunity to promote himself. And here's the third takeaway, how he grooms his players. He wants to build the foundation in his athletes to be fine young men and have successful lives, to be role models with manners, yes ma'am and no ma'am, not be baby daddies, rather be real men, honor your commitments, and be men of their word. Do what they say they're going to do, especially honor the commitments they make to themselves. Dion teaches his athletes to live life with dignity, class, and grace. 
He builds a strong work ethic in players. To accomplish this, he does keep a foot on their throat. He's teaching way more than just football. He says he is preparing athletes for life because 95% won't go into the NFL and they need to be ready for the real world that is coming. Essentially what Dion does, and this is what he tells the moms, he's going to take your boy and turn him into a man. So here's the action step. It seems people either love Deion Sanders or hate him. Many don't like him because he's perceived as arrogant and self-promoting. Modesty is not one of his attributes. Nevertheless, there's a lot of good in this guy that we can learn from. There is real substance to Dion beneath the over-the-top facade. I think the biggest lesson we take is that he's focused on his inner world, not the outer world, and he teaches that to his players. Dion is really big on clarity and simplicity, and he consistently drives the same simple message to his team all the time. And what I find particularly impressive about Dion is he is able to eliminate the negative inner voice in his players. And they virtually all have a negative inner voice coming in, just like your players do. He eliminates this by methodically teaching them to focus on one's inner world and ignoring the outer world. And he leads by example through his swagger and who he is. Dion is truly teaching his players leadership of self. Like him, Dion's players have the mindset that they can accomplish anything they set their mind to. And they have a clarity about what they want and how they're going to accomplish it. And they embrace the same swagger their coach has. So I think the action step from all that is to overcome your athlete's negative inner voice by drilling home the idea that they can accomplish anything they set their mind to by just tuning out the outside world and focus on their inner world and the process. That consistent message, day in and day out, will silence that negative inner voice. So until next time, hook them.